Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. My favorite thing about Armoire is all the different style and occasion options from casual to athleisure to night out, work formal, work casual, a total of eight different occasions, three weather options, and 11 categories including accessories, outerwear, and blazers, just to name a few. With Armoire, you can always have something new to wear without the hassle and closet clutter. You know the feeling. You open your closet, it's full, but you have quite literally nothing to wear. You're bored with everything in there. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothes for every occasion. Whether you're planning your outfit for date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off the first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash parenting. That's armoire.style. A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50-plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. So I've been meaning to give some updates on a couple of things. First is the YouTube channel. I know I have been lagging on this. I am super close to the 500 followers that I said once we got there, we would do a free class. And I know I haven't been putting up videos like I had hoped, but it has just gotten too hard after the move with everyone home all day long. There's always someone somewhere in every room of this house, it feels like, or some noise um, resonating from somewhere. So I'm not going to be doing much of that until after everyone gets back to school in August. Then I will get back on track with those. I will try to put out a few, you know, every so often. But, um, but when I reach the 500, which we're super close, I will put up another free class on the channel. I'm not sure which ones yet, but I'm going to start thinking about that because this 500 is really imminent. And um, the YouTube channel is Your Village, so you can just search for Your Village. I believe we come up as the very first thing in the search. Secondly, I finally have a book coming out. I am so excited about this. I have written a third of the book of the chapters but all of the material is coming from the classes and the podcasts. Um, The the whole outline is complete. The book is focusing on parenting for toddlers since a lot of the audience is toddlers. Seems to be one of the main areas where parents are really trying to dig in there, get a good foundation built. So I'm covering seven areas of challenges that parents can have with toddlers. And then also just some basic background information. It's 10 chapters, Um, some of the information, bedtimes and nighttimes, 
potty training, the hitting, kicking, aggression, um, just in general, and then four other areas. I give all my best tips from the classes, the podcasts, from questions I've gotten that um, over the years, especially when I see a lot of repeats, are covered in the book to help parents have a nice go-to resource guide for dealing with these very common issues in toddlerhood. My amazing graphic designer, I know I've mentioned her before, her name is Ashley. She is working on the layout right now. I sent her off the first three chapters and the outline for the whole thing so she can start laying out the book. She does the most amazing work. Um, if you get our emails, if you're on our email list, you've seen her work. Obviously, the, um, the classes themselves are all of her design work. So it will be nothing short of spectacular, I'm sure. Lots of great visuals, nicely formatted to find the information you need quickly. She actually edits these podcasts. She's going to listen to this and she's going to feel the pressure, but seriously, she's just naturally talented anyway. Um, if the book does well, I'm sure we'll have a follow-up with more books, infants, school age, teens, tweens, and I'm sure another book or two for about toddlers, toddlerhood, parenting toddlers with the, the common questions that come in, as I can't even begin to cover it all in one book. I will keep you posted on this podcast as to our progress on the book. I'll take some nice screenshots and share those on the Instagram and the Facebook pages. The Instagram is ironmom2020. I've wanted to do this for a very long time. I just wasn't quite sure what to cover, how to cover, what I wanted to cover. And this just came to me a couple weeks ago and I finally figured out exactly what and how I wanted to cover what information. And I think that will be the most helpful for everyone. So when that is up, I will let you know or as we get closer. Okay, so today's topic is short-term versus long-term parenting tips and tools. So I'm sure you probably have some idea what I mean, but I'm going to give what I'm, I'm going to talk about what I mean, give some examples, the pros to each, and when we may choose one over the other. So you can weigh each decision in your mind of when you're going for the short term versus the long term. And I'm also going to talk about this in a developmental spectrum also, because that's a really important thing to keep in mind. So this came up in my house this week, and that's the reason I'm going to talk about it. And because it's relevant to all age groups, um, and it's really going to be helpful for you parents of toddlers also, but for parents of all ages, I want to share about my experience and then the thoughts that I had about it. So you already probably have a pretty good idea of what I mean by short-term versus long-term parenting. And it may seem like from what you know that long-term parenting is really always the goal, but I'm gonna shed some different light on that. Um, it refers to the goals we have for a particular interaction with our kids for that moment. So as you may guess, short-term parenting goals are the quick fix. We just wanna get the kids to sleep or to stop the power struggle, or the house to be clean, or any other number of things, and we want it done as quickly as possible. We're done. We're finished. We're kaput. And usually, we just have nothing or almost nothing left to give. So, or we know it's going to be some big uphill battle that we're just not interested in engaging in at the moment. So we make a short-term parenting decision just to get through that moment, that exchange, that bedtime. Short-term parenting means we aren't fixing the issue for the long haul. We're fixing it for the moment in time. It isn't always the worst thing though. Like I mentioned, if we're just running on fumes, short-term can be the best answer. And I have some other times when it's also the best answer or maybe a better go-to answer. 
Sometimes we just need to get it done. We need to pick up the toys. We need to clean up the food off the floor. We know that tomorrow is a new day and will be much better if we spend our time and energy getting the evening completed as smoothly as possible, get the kids in bed without needing to try to keep our cool and perfectly sane through some major exchange when we don't have much sanity left to draw on. The less energy we use and the calmer we can make the evening so we can get to bed as soon as possible, the better. That's when a lot of us draw on the short-term parenting. Long-term parenting, as you would expect, are those exchanges and decisions we make for the long-term goals we have set up for our children, for them to be polite, for them to be respectful, for them to be a contributing member of the family, of society, to clean up their own messes, to learn the necessary life skills they will need when they leave home, to learn how to be responsible. This is a big and long process, and Rome wasn't built in a day type of process. So obviously too much short-term parenting, and it will get in the way of the long-term parenting goals. So it can be a slippery slope sometimes. If we keep doing those bedtimes and we keep staying in the kid's room to just let them fall asleep because it's easier in the moment, and we do that night after night after night, that's a slippery slope we're falling into. We're not teaching our kids how to fall asleep. We're not getting our own time to ourselves in the evening. That's where it can be a slippery slope. I'm going to talk about this more, about maintaining that balance in a minute. But all of this came to mind, and I felt like it was a really good topic to discuss because this is a common occurrence in our house these days, and I had a particular incident this week. Now that our kids are 10, 10, and 12, there's a lot of work we're doing, a lot of focus on learning life skills, being more and more responsible for their own daily tasks and contribution around the house. Now, my oldest son still leaves the table and leaves his plate on the table on occasion. Doesn't happen too often, but some days he will just get up from the table and leave and I will look down and there's a plate sitting there. I'm like, how is this still happening? They have been responsible for clearing their own plates and rinsing them off and putting them in the dishwasher, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for as long as I can remember. They were probably three. They didn't rinse them off then, but clearing the table. By the time they could reach the sink, they had to rinse them off and put them in the dishwasher. So this has been a long time in our house. Now, it's easier for me in the short term to grab the plate, rinse it off, put it in the dishwasher, but I refuse to do that. Now, I will say he does feel badly when this happens. He apologizes. He comes right away to remedy this, but I always call him back to the table. If I do it, I'm rescuing him, and he has no reason to remember. The message I would be sending is, I don't have to do bother because if I leave it here, mom will just do it for me. I don't want to be sending that message. He is 12. He absolutely needs to step up. So the incident we had this week was with both of my boys' laundry bags. So the process in our house is my kids are responsible for putting their own dirty clothes in their laundry bags. They bring them down to the laundry room. They sort out their laundry. We have dark, cold, dark, warm, or hot, light, cold, and light, warm, or hot. Then they have to take their bags back to their rooms. We wash the laundry. Then when the laundry is done, they fold their laundry and put it away. Well, both my boys left their bags in the laundry room. I put them on the stairs and told them both to take them up the next time they went. Now these are big bags, they're soft bags, they have little shoulder straps, they can throw them over the backs and take them up and down the stairs. They take about half the, half the width of the steps if they're put on their, um, you know, lengthwise up the steps. Otherwise they'd go all the way across the steps. And they take three to four stairs in height 
So these are big bags. It's pretty obvious they're hard to miss. I think Carter walked over his bag or by his bag three times. Finally, I'd had enough. I was walking up the stairs. I called him back down. Now I happen to be walking up. Like I said, I'm walking up the stairs. He's coming down. Now he gladly did it. Came out of his room, no attitude at all, felt bad. But we're on the landing together. And I said, I know I could bring this up for you and I don't mind doing it, but I wouldn't be doing you any favors. I wouldn't be teaching you how to take care of your own responsibilities if I just brought it up for you. And he chirped, I know. He grabbed his bag and went upstairs, put it in his closet. He didn't mind at all. Doesn't give me any back talk or attitude, which is great. Um, So the same thing happened with his brother, who also walked past his laundry bag on the stairs a ridiculous number of times. I told him the next time he went up, he needed to take the bag. And he did. He happened to be sitting downstairs when I reminded him. Luckily, he remembered. So... Many things would just be easier to just do it for them. When the dishes are overflowing and one of the kids hasn't emptied the dishwasher, it sure is faster and easier in that moment to empty it quickly and move on to load in the dishwasher. It's easier to pick up that sock or that plate from the table or the laundry bag from the stairs. It takes energy to remind them, see how long it takes, or finally just put your foot down and tell them to come and do their duty if they've forgotten again. You pick up their blocks. Now, this is for younger kids, not mine. Pick up their blocks and put them away. The trains or empty the dishwasher when all you want to do is be done with the evening tasks and relax or get the kids to bed. And then you can relax. So there is more room for leeway with toddlers and preschoolers on this type of thing. Of course, in certain areas, especially the cleanup. But there are other areas of focus where we want to do our best to stay the course and teach them and hold them accountable for toddlers then for older kids. So when we get back after the break, I'm going to go through some good rules of thumb by age for where we want to work on the long term as much as possible by age, and then where and when we may want to go for the short term option. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners, ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. HomeThreads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets, to snuggle under for family movie nights, or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home threads, love where you live. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important, but did you know indoor air quality can be up to a hundred times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. 
In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep, and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T. P-U-R-O-A-I-R dot com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Now that we're back after the break, let's get into some rules of thumb for what we might want to focus on by age and really try to stay the course on the long-term parenting goals and then when we might be okay to go for the short-term. Okay, so toddlerhood. When, during toddlerhood, we're really focusing on solid schedules and daily routines. And I mean as far as health and safety. Not that we're so rigid that snack time is 3 p.m. And if you don't leave your toys and come to the kitchen ASAP and sit down and have your snack, too late, too bad. Not talking about that kind of rigidity. We're talking about solid bedtimes, bedtime routines, nighttime sleep, working on and maintaining bedtimes where toddler is falling asleep in their room on their own. Doing our bedtime routine, tucking in, and then letting them fall asleep on their own. Now, if you're co-sleeping family and this works for you, then there's absolutely nothing unhealthy about this lifestyle choice. As long as you're doing it safely, as long as everyone is falling asleep relatively easily at bedtime and getting a solid night's sleep. That's what matters, teaching those solid sleep skills. So if you're co-sleeping and they're jumping around the room and getting excited at night, they're not learning good sleep skills for falling asleep. So that's something to work on. Um, But the fact that you're just sharing a room or sharing a bed is not going to create unhealthy habits. So long as everyone's falling asleep, they're getting a good solid night's sleep without tons of waking up in the middle of the night and waking each other, that's what matters. However, if it's not working for you or is no longer working for you, then it's time to make the change. If you're having to stay with your toddler in the room while they fall asleep or every time they wake up in the middle of the night, then this is something to work on and focus on. This is your long-term parenting focus and goal. Some families start out co-sleeping and it works great for a while, but then when toddler is tossing and turning and kicking and then lays sideways like an H (laughs) in between the parents and somebody's getting the foot in the ribs um, or it gets and or gets in the way of physical intimacy between parents, then it's no longer working for everyone. This becomes a process to make a plan and make the change. Also during toddlerhood, we're focusing on emotional skills and social skills. So this is a big, big topic. I've covered it a lot in different episodes, in the classes on the website. I'm going to give a little different view and perspective as far as development and where you can focus. Now, as we all know, toddlers and preschoolers can really struggle with emotions. There's just a lot of development going on in their brain. And a lot of that is their emotional capacity, their, and then just their, their logical brain is, not, is just coming on board in order to be able to counteract the high emotions. So there's a lot going on in there. And this is a time when we're really working with them for the logical brain development. We're working with them on that and working through emotions. And that actually helps them create those neurons and connections that help them better able to manage their emotions. So we're working with them on this. 
were doing a lot of teaching and coaching. Young toddlers were there to support them through the big emotions. Sometimes we're coaching and labeling emotions and also through preschool. This is not like, okay, you're three years old, I'm done helping you. This is a process that we're slowly going to wean off of over time as they gain more skill. We're coaching and labeling emotions. We're holding and cuddling through big emotions. And other times we're giving them space and opportunity to learn to feel those big emotions and work through them to a place of calm on their own. The difference will depend on your child. Some children want to be held and others don't want to be held and want to work through it on their own. How many times you've been through it already today? If this is the fourth meltdown of the day over the dog taking the cracker, when your toddler insists on teasing the dog with it, well, it's okay to be over it and just let him figure it out. (laughs) That he doesn't have control over everything, and that means the dog too. And what's happening in that moment, etc. You're in the middle of making dinner, you know, something's boiling and you've got to get something on the pot. You may need to wait a couple minutes to go help toddler with their tantrum. That's okay. So during quiet times, we're teaching emotion skills. We're reading books. We're playing some fun, simple, short games about emotions. We're doing art about emotions. We're just labeling emotions of our own, of theirs, in others when we see them. As we get a little further into toddlerhood, two and a half, three, four, we're teaching and coaching social skills in addition to some emotion skills, still helping them work on those. But they're starting to get a good foundation. So now we're really starting to work the social skills how to deal with big emotions, how to do self-calming before we react, before we throw something or hit someone or scratch someone, grab something. We're We're teaching them how to use their words rather than the throwing or the hitting or the kicking. This takes a lot of mental energy for parents. Working with kids this age on these skills, that takes a lot from us. So my feeling is, if getting your child to help clean up the blocks is just not happening, there's a lot of time left to work on these skills. Once the emotions aren't so all-consuming for them, and once the emotion skills have a better foundation, is this a nice goal? Should we try? Should we set up a precedent or an understanding about cleaning up after ourselves when we're done and helping? Sure, we can do all of that. But at these ages, this just isn't the big focus. Once they're five and six and beyond, cleaning up after ourselves definitely becomes more of a focus. It becomes much more of an expectation. Taking responsibility for our own daily routines becomes more of a focus. If you can play some fun games, play the cleanup song, and they're going to help you clean up, awesome. Do it. If you are pooped, if you're done, if there's been a lot of meltdowns, if they're tired and cranky and you can tell, and you want to put your toddler or your preschooler in front of 20 minutes or a half an hour of some TV, whatever, while you're cooking some dinner and you throw the blocks into the thing and pick up the dress up and hang it up, fine. This is not a big focus at this age, in my opinion. I just don't feel like it needs to be a big focus and another area for battle. So for toddlers and preschoolers, we may want to take more of a short-term approach to the cleanup process, like I said, the teeth brushing, the getting dressed, and save our energy for the long-term processes of emotion management and social skills. Now, this doesn't mean we don't work on it, doesn't mean we don't set some foundation, doesn't mean we don't give the opportunity for all of those things. Absolutely, create the opportunity for them to brush their own teeth, to get themselves dressed. But if it's becoming a battle, figure out a way to just make it go smoother, work on those social emotional skills because once those are in place, all the rest of this stuff is going to fall into place much, much easier. If it's a good day, moods are good, the day is smooth, we do some work on some cleanup skills, on getting um, them getting themselves ready, all that's great, definitely do it. You can always make it part of the routine. 
But if everyone's in a foul mood, the dog got out this morning by mistake and you had to chase her down the street, you're behind on your entire daily schedule since the day started out, um, the water heater blew up, who knows? Like all these things happen all the time. Not all the time, but there's always something it seems like. The long-term goal of teaching our three-year-old to clean up before lunch or do their own morning routine is probably just gonna go out the window. We're gonna do some more scaffolding. We're gonna do what we need to do to just make it simple and easy and move through the day. We're focusing on healthy eating. We're focusing on good bedtimes. We're focusing on some nap times if they're still napping. We're focusing on using our words and learning about emotions and our social emotional skills. Once they're five or six, emotion skills are definitely setting in nicely. They're not always perfect. And actually no adult is always perfect. So we certainly don't expect a five or six year old to be. But they should be able to express their distress with words, even tears is common, but without hitting, throwing, any type of aggression. If you're still seeing this at five and six, then it's time to revisit teaching some emotion skills and social skills. This is not a detriment on the part of the child. It's just some skills that still need to be worked on and learned. So there's a class, You're Developing Preschooler, and that's covered in there, emotion skills, social skills along with other skills as well. But kids can fall behind in all kinds of skills and social emotional skills are no exception. So if you have a young elementary schooler who's still struggling with some meltdowns, big, big emotions that they seem to be struggling with, I would go back to that class, You're Developing Preschooler. It has lots of tips and ideas for working on those skills and building a solid foundation for those. And that is on the website at yourvillageonline.com. Now for that matter, if you have a preschooler, and you're wanting to work on getting these skills down solid, obviously that class is also a resource for you. And it covers the things like the books and the games and all the ideas, the art, the things that you can do around emotions to really work on that if you're seeing some struggles with that. You can really get intentional and really focus on those skills, spend some good time digging into those. Okay, so this is why the laundry bag on the stairs, the dishes on the table, the dishwasher, the homework process, project planning are all things I can now use long-term parenting practices for. Now that my kids are older, we've worked through the focuses from the earlier stages of development. We've got solid social emotional skills. We've got solid respect and boundaries. We've got solid communication between the kids and myself. And that's why when I ask them to do something that they know is expected of them and they know that they forgot, they feel badly about it and come do it right away. And we don't have any kind of headbutting or fights or power struggles over it. They know what's expected because we've worked through all of that stuff in the earlier ages. So it's really a process of steps. We're building a foundation and then moving to the next level. So we're building the social emotional skills, the respect, the connection. We're moving to the next level, teaching responsibility, having them become more responsible for their daily routine, for their own life skills. And then our next level is we're going to work on goal planning. What are their goals? What do they see for their lives moving ahead? The relationships. How are they going to do relationships, friendships, and romantic relationships as my children move into these adolescent years? So we just have some nice building blocks and all those things are important. You know, if you're going to have good goal setting and planning and you're going to have good solid relationship skills, you have to be a responsible person. You have to take responsibility for yourself, for your processes, for your own You just have to be able to take responsibility for your own stuff, not just physical stuff, but your own emotional stuff. And this is just a really important piece. So now we're working on this layer because we're going to get to the next one. Now, there's still going to be some reminding about personal responsibilities, I'm sure, and emotional responsibilities about taking responsibility for your own feelings and emotions and reactions to others. We're also working on that right now. 
And I'm sure this will continue for some time, but hopefully soon we'll be doing a lot less of this reminding type of thing. Have a solid foundation and leave room to focus more on the bigger and bigger things as they get towards adolescence. So I hope this is helpful, getting more long-term view of the journey ahead. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So you can just work on the pieces that are really the place to focus right now that's important to you right now. Give yourself and your toddlers, your elementary school age kids, some slack in areas that can be overwhelming right now with the level that they are at and everything else you're working on. If you wanna learn more in depth about any of the topics today, you're developing toddler, you're developing preschooler, raising responsible kids, sleep and bedtimes, the positive discipline classes cover ways to engage in exchanges that are respectful and build connection for better response and cooperation when you do need them to do something and follow through on things. These and all the other 60 plus parenting classes, including the latest one, Mindfulness for Kids, are on the website at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week.